Well, that is our prayer today, and it should be our prayer every day, but specifically as we start into our series that follows with this theme of treasuring what God treasures, our series is what God treasures. We're going to seek to answer really that question that's implied with that theme, okay? If we're supposed to treasure what God treasures, the the next logical question is what does he treasure? What should we be treasuring? And as we start things off today, we're going to be looking at the fact that he treasures, God treasures his word. God treasures his word, and therefore so should we. We should treasure his word. You know, there's a remarkable statement in God's word. The writer of of this Psalm 138 says that you have exalted above all things. He's speaking to God. God, you have exalted above all things your name, and your word. Your name and your word. That means that God treasures his word to the same degree that he does his name. And that's, that's striking. That's significant. Considering how much weight is placed in his word on honoring and exalting his name. Uh, all through the Bible, God talks about the importance of honoring his name, keeping his name as holy. Um, in the very beginning of the law, in the Ten Commandments, one of the main commandments is, do not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Um, it's all through his word. Lift up my name, keep my name holy, exalt my name. And so for us to hear that God has exalted or lifted up or, or honors, treasures his word... To the same degree as his name, that should, that should cause us to stop and really think about that. Uh, that's really important to understand. That he considers his word that valuable, that important. Um, we should too then. I mean, if he places that much weight on his word, we should too. And what that's telling us about his name and his word is that God is tying his character, who and what he is, he's tying that directly to his word. He's basically saying, I'm only as good as my word. You know, we, we know that, we understand that concept. When we give someone our word, we're really placing our character on the line, right? If I give you my word, if you give me your word, you're saying you can trust me. You can trust the person behind this word. That's what God is saying here. That's why he exalts his word equal with his name. He's saying, you can trust my word completely just as you can trust me. You can rely on and depend on and rest in my word just as you can rely on and depend on and rest in me. And if his word is ever anything less than he is, then he ceases to be God. So it's very important we understand uh, the value and the importance of his word. And what that means is, if we really know and love God, like we say we do, like I know many of you, if not most of you, claim to, yeah, I, I love God, I know God personally, I have a relationship with him, okay, great. Well, if we really know and love God, then we will love the word of God. And we will want to know it. And we'll want to know it better. We'll want to know it more. And more than just knowing it, more than just knowing about it, 
will want to be changed by it. So if we really do know and love God, we're going we're to love his word, we're going to want to know it, and we're going to want to be changed by it. And church, the more we know God's word, the more we will know him. It's just a fact. It's absolutely true. The more we know God's word, the more we're in it, the more we're diving deep into it, the more we're going to discover and know about God himself. The deeper our walk with him will be, the deeper our relationship uh, with him will be. That means that God's word really should be the treasure that we seek and the food on which we feast. You know, Jesus told Satan when he was being tempted by him in the wilderness, man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We need to remember that. We need to take that to heart. God's word should be the treasure that we seek above all other treasures, above all other pursuits. It should be the word of God that we go after, that we pursue, that we treasure. And it should be the food that we know will last and sustain us more than any other physical food that we feast on, that we crave and hunger after. Jeremiah 15, 16 says this, Your words were found, and I ate them. I consumed them. Your words became a delight to me and the joy of my heart. All that that would be true of us. That we would look at the word of God and not ever view it as, as boring or just empty. That we would see it as this thing that we must have, that we go after, we just consume, and that we delight in. There's so many things in life and in the world that we easily delight in, right? I mean, we we can do that without too much trouble. We could name all kinds of things today that we delight in and, and that we go after and find fulfillment in. But we all know what's true about all those things, about all these other things that we we chase after. It's that it only fills us up for a little bit. It doesn't stay with us. I have to all the time uh, tell my kids after school every day when they're coming in and they're ravenous, you know, from hunger, from all that great learning they're doing in school, and their, their tendency is just to grab everything they can and start eating it. And it's always junk. You know, it, it's chips, it's candy, it's cookies, it's, it's things like that. And I always have to say, you can only have a little bit of that because it's not going to stay with you And then you're not going to be hungry for what will stay with you when we actually have dinner. So you need to just go easy on it. And our tendency is to do the same thing in life. We fill up on what is fleeting. Right? We fill up on what is fleeting. That's so easy for us to do. Rather than filling up ourselves, our hearts, our minds, our souls, our spirits with the only thing that will truly fulfill and last. That's the word of God. Jeremiah says, I I searched for, I sought your word. And when I finally found it, the treasure that is your word, when I found it, I just consumed it. I gorged myself on it. And as a result of that, your word became a delight to me and the joy of my heart. Why was that true for Jeremiah? Why did that happen? He tells us, for I bear your name, Lord God of armies. If you're here today and you know Christ as your Savior, you bear the name of the Lord God. 
You are image bearers by being created in the image of God. But more than that, if you become a Christian, then you bear the name of your Savior. The very word Christian means little Christ. Little Christ. So as people who bear the name of God by being created by him and those of us who have entrusted ourselves to Jesus Christ as Lord, this is what should be true of us. What was true of Jeremiah here in this amazing passage, it should be true of every genuine Christian. So my question to you, it's the same question I'm asking myself, is that true of you? Do you seek the word of God like a treasure? Is that what it is to you? Honestly, is the word of God that to you, a treasure that you just that you seek after? that you pursue. And when you find it, do you, like Jeremiah, just, just feast on it? You consume it? Or is it rather little nibble here, little nibble there, long time in between? That's the question we all have to ask. Because as people who, like Jeremiah, are called after God's name, who bear his name, that passion for his word should be our passion as well. It should be true of all of us. But also, having said all that, I want to tell you why we should treasure God's word and why we can, why it's something that we're able to treasure truly and why we should do exactly that. In 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17, the apostle Paul there is writing to his person he's mentoring Timothy a young pastor and he's trying to encourage him and he's telling him to to stand strong in the faith and to stand strong in the midst of opposition that he's facing day in and day out and he's trying to remind him of some very important things and he says this about the word of God because he's telling Timothy what we all need to hear that the word of God must be your anchor It must be what you're fixed on and rooted in. It must be what you keep going back to for yourself and for those that you're ministering to. And that's true of every one of us. So it's powerful reminders here in these verses. And here's why we can and why we should treasure God's word. I've told you that we need to do that. I've told you that we should follow Jeremiah's example. Here's why we can and why we should. 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17, starting in verse 16. All, that's a very important word, all, all scripture, that's every part, every part of scripture is breathed out by God. Maybe your translation says inspired. Well, that's literally what inspired means. It means God breathed. It's breathed out by God. It's not man-made. It's not man-constructed. Yes, God used humans to write the actual words and write the statements, and he actually used human authors to do that, but he was the ultimate author behind all of that. The Word of God that we're privileged to have in our own language in a variety of different translations is very much, completely, in every way, in every aspect, the Word of God, breathed out by him. It's not man-made. It's not something that we just came up with. It's all from him. Therefore, that means 
that it's timeless and trustworthy, just like he is. Isaiah 40 verse 8 says, The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God remains forever. That means that there's nothing you can look at in life and in the world that won't in some way and at some time become out of touch and outdated. Just think back over your life. All the things that were current and now aren't. I mean, even, even social media. There used to be, the, the very first social media platform was a thing called MySpace. And when I was just starting in youth ministry, MySpace was just coming out. And so all the teens in my youth group were all about MySpace. So I checked it out and I, I did the cool youth pastor thing, you know, where you have to get an account. It's obligatory, right, Pastor Scott? You just have to do it. And so I did it. I checked out MySpace. I even got a corny Christian t-shirt, which is also obligatory to those in youth ministry, that said, Jesus paid for MySpace in heaven. Isn't that great? Had the MySpace logo. They didn't care about copyright then. Didn't matter. MySpace logo, nice and cheesy. I wore it proudly. And it didn't take long for MySpace to go the way of the dinosaur. I mean, MySpace is not around anymore, right? Um, Most teens today won't know what MySpace is. In fact, even, even Facebook is less popular now with the very age group that it was started for than it was when it began. So things just, they don't last. Nothing lasts. Think of the way you used to listen to music. I mean, it, it went from vinyl, which is now like resurgent because it's, it's now the hipster cool thing to do, right? You collect vinyls again. Um, but there before, it was all that you, you had. I mean, it was vinyl. That's what you listen to music on. Then it went from that to 8-track, right? Does anyone still have an 8-track player? I just have to ask this. Your dad, really? Seriously? Matt Arvon has an 8-track player. He's, he's, yeah, he's bringing cool back, let me tell you. He's bringing cool back. Um, so it went from that to 8-track, then it went to the regular cassette tape, right? To which my kids all ask, what is that? They want to know what this box with ribbon is. Um, and we have to explain the concept of a cassette tape. And the same is true for a VHS. They have no clue what a VHS is. Still, like right now, even though we've told them time and time again. And just last night, my daughter, my soon-to-be teenage daughter, we were, we were going to watch a movie, and, and I was looking for the DVD of it, and she said, you mean it's actually on that old thing? Like, as if it's, it's only available digitally, right? And now, hey, I have a lot of movies digitally. I, I like digital movies. It's convenient. But I still have a lot of DVDs. And as I told her, yes, DVDs still sell. They're still making them, right? Um, but soon that will not be the case. DVDs will be like eight tracks, and only Matt Arvon will use them, you know? That's, that's what happens. Things just, they don't last they go out of style. They become out of touch. But what, what this is telling us, because all Scripture is breathed out by God, who is timeless, outside of time, and because the Word of God will remain forever, even though the grass withers and the flower fades, and all that's wrapped up in that, 
What that means is the word of God will never go out of style. It will never be out of touch. It will always be relevant. It will always be relatable. It will always be current. It will always be completely applicable. Always. Always. You can trust it. You can depend on it. You can find everything you need for life. And so will everyone in every age to come after you as long as the Lord tarries. And then even after he makes all things new and we're all in glory together, guess what? The word of God will still remain. And the word of God will still be elevated. And the word of God will still be what we know and are called to chase after, even in the glory of heaven. All scripture, every part is breathed out by God and back in this text and is profitable for teaching. That's telling us what is true about God, telling us what is true about us and telling us what is true about the world and life. So it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness. That means the word of God shows us where we are wrong but it also shows us how to be right. Psalm 119, 105 says this, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It shows us where we're walking and, and what to avoid. You know, think of, a, of your dark house at night and anybody who has kids knows the minefield that is your house at nighttime. And so as you're walking to get your child that drink of water that they're asking for, for the seventh time or eighth time, uh, it pays to have your phone with you with a little light on it so that you don't break your ankle and so that you don't say things you have to ask God's forgiveness for, right? Makes sense to navigate the darkness and the treachery of, of the toys and things that are at your feet. Well, God's word does that. It shines a light on our footsteps so that we see as we go through life in the minefield that is life, it tells us how to avoid traps and how to avoid pitfalls and how to avoid things that will do nothing but bring us harm. And it shines light ahead. It says, go this way. There's the path for you. Go that way. There it is. That's how you should be walking. It's what the word of God does. It's profitable for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. And here's the goal of all of it. Here's the whole purpose of it being that for us. Here's the purpose of, of that reproof and that, that correction and that training in righteousness. Here's the purpose of it being the light that it is for us. That the man of God or woman of God or child of God, it's, it's just general, may be complete equipped for every good work. That's the goal for every believer. The Bible tells us in Ephesians, it says that we were created to be God's masterpiece for good works. James tells us that our works of righteousness prove and validate our profession and confession of faith, that it puts feet to our faith. We're called to be people that pursue good Works and that do good works and that pursue righteousness. And the word of God, church, that's the, that's the tool, that's the resource that we need to avail ourselves of that's available to us to make us those people that do good works, that we're called to do and that we're called to be. What this passage tells us and shows us and reminds us is that God's word, the Bible, 
It should dictate our theology. It should dominate our philosophy. And it should direct our methodology. It should dictate and inform the way we view God, the way we view his word, what we think about all of that. It should totally dominate and overpower our philosophies, the way we think, the way we view things, our perspectives. And it should absolutely direct and shape the way in which we live, the way we carry out what we say we believe and the way we go about life. It should do all of that. That's what the word of God should be for us. That's what it should do. We should be people of the Word of God. People defined by it. People directed by it. People empowered by it. People emboldened by it. People passionate for it. That's what should mark us as believers. That's my prayer for you as individuals, as families. That's my prayer for me. That's my prayer for our church in 2019, every day, every moment. And that that would be increasingly true. And to kind of help start that and maybe rekindle that, I want to give you some very practical ways of being just that, of being people of the Word in 2019. I want to show you just some examples. Most of this you probably already know about, but maybe you don't. Maybe it'll be new. Um, I would really encourage you, if you haven't already, or maybe you've done this and you do it faithfully, we'll just, I just want to encourage you to keep doing what you're doing. Maybe you've done it and you've slacked off there, that's okay. There's, it's a new year. It's a new day. It's time to start again. A daily, a daily, personal, quiet, intentional time with the Lord. Just you and Him. Letting Him speak to you through His Word. We just sang before I got up here, Word of God speak. And that's a great song and it's a great prayer, but it needs to be a continual prayer and a continual desire. And the the best way to do that is to actually carve out, set aside time to do just that. Hey, let's be real for a minute. We all make time for whatever we really want to, right? We make time and set aside time for what's important to us. We all do it. We make time to watch that great new show. We make time to read another book that we really want to read. We make time for that hobby and that thing. We need to make time for what should be the top priority in our life because it's the most important thing in our life to be in the Word of God, to be consumed by it, saturated by it. Here's one, one option for you. Uh, it's a book, it's a devotional book called New Mercies, New Morning Mercies. Uh, it's by Paul David Tripp. I use this myself. I've gone through it a couple times. I get something new out of it every single time. Uh, it's The Brilliance of Paul David Tripp who writes um, just a lot to think through, and it's meat. It's, it's really good stuff. It's not just shallow, you know, petty little quippy sayings. It's very, very uh, deep. And he also includes scripture for you to pursue that accompanies his thoughts. It's not just his thoughts. He, he points you to the Word. Um, another one, it's a classic. It's uh, Morning and Evening by, by Charles Spurgeon. I've also done this. Great resource. Um, there's morning reflections and evening reflections. So you, you're in the Word of God in very intentional ways at the bookends of your day. Uh, it's Charles Spurgeon. You can't go wrong with Spurgeon. And it's full of God's Word and his commentary on it. Really recommend that to you. Um, another one, we have it out here. We have it at the welcome desk and we have it as you come in every single Sunday. Our Daily Bread, been around forever. It's awesome. There's so much in this little tiny book. Devotional thought to really encourage you and motivate you. Uh, one verse that highlights it, but it also points you to deeper study. It says, go deeper. 
Look at this whole passage. There's also a built-in through the Bible plan in here, through the Bible in a year. Really recommend that. We've got those for you out there as you come in at that little table and at the welcome desk. So those are some very practical ideas. Another option that I absolutely love, I've used this for years now, probably a lot of you do, uh, it's version. it's the Bible app, it's what it's called. Um, it's available on every single smartphone and tablet, it's available on your computer online, it's all free. version. you just pull it up on your phone, you go to any of your app stores and you download the app. Uh, if you just type in version or the Bible app, it'll come right up, you download it, it's free. Uh, you do have to create an account. That's also free. You just put in your email address. They send you a link. You verify it. When it comes up, you have the option to go through an entire reading plan for uh, however long you may want. You can do a year-long reading plan through the whole Bible from start to finish, um, but it also customizes that. It gives you different options of doing that. Like you can do very strategic and intentional through the Bible reading plans. You can take plans that are Old and New Testament together that mix it up, which I like to do. It gives some creativity to it. It kind of gives some freshness to it. So you're reading at the same time an Old Testament book and a New Testament book, and you go through both. You can do topical reading plans, like if you have a certain topic in mind. Uh, Maybe it's anxiety that you struggle with. There's all kinds of reading plans specifically designed to walk you through what God's Word says about anxiety. Maybe it's temptation. There's things for that. Finances and how to better steward your money. There's things for that. Dating, parenting. I mean, there's all sorts. See, you see it right there. There's popular topics. There's relationships. There's feelings. There's uh, doubt, love. Fighting for my marriage was one. Uh, now version has videos that you can even watch to accompany your reading. I mean, so the opportunities are just absolutely incredible. There's the Bible in one year. I'm actually doing that plan right there, that middle one. Bible in one year, 2019. Um, I love it because this option allows the Old and, uh, and New Testament to be read through. It, it mixes up books, like right now it's Genesis and Job. But it allows the chance to collaborate and go through this as a family. So it actually can create your family devotional time. It has um, the passage for you to look at together and talk about and discuss. Then it also, you read the individual passages, and then you can talk about it and share notes together. It's, it's just great. There's all sorts of options like that. Just, just about endless opportunities to be in God's Word. And it's at the convenience of your phone that you always have with you anyway. So when you're... you're on a break at work or uh, you're waiting for someone to get done shopping and you're just waiting there and you, you feel like you're rotting and the life is slipping out of you. Hey, turn to what will nourish your soul, right? I mean, it's right there. So many different options. There's another uh, resource that we've talked about many times here at the church. And if you've been here at the church for at least the last two years and we have your information in our database, if we have your email, you've received an email invite to this amazing resource called Right Now Media. Right Now Media. Uh, It is like the Netflix of Bible studies. Uh, It's got literally thousands of Bible study options, all in video form for you to go through. You can go through it as an individual. You can go through it as a family. You can go through it as a couple. You can go through it um, as, a, as a Bible study leader. A lot of our small group leaders that you, you know, saw stand up here at the beginning, uh, we use a lot of right now media. A lot of families have been using it in their family time, and they've really benefited from it. It's great for college students who are doing maybe some research projects or, or papers on a certain topic or maybe a certain section of the Bible. It's great for that. 
Uh, it's amazing what you can do with Right Now Media. You have to set up an account that's free to you. We actually pay for the subscription to this service, so it's free to you. You just click on an email invite that, again, you should have received if you've been here for a while. Uh, if you have not, check your email. It may be in your spam folder, or it may mean we just don't have your current email address. If you know you don't have an account set up, you've not gone through that process, please call the office tomorrow and we'll help you get set up on that. We'll send you a link and you can create an account for yourself. Kind of like you version, there's all these different categories. There's kids programming, there's kids episodes that are biblically based, biblically centered. I mean, there's VeggieTales. Who doesn't love VeggieTales? There's VeggieTales on there. Uh, there's all these other original shows. There's, there's a show called Allegories. I love it. Like allegories, but it's owls. Eh, you got to check it out. It's great. Then there's, there's actual conference sessions. So maybe you couldn't afford to go to that conference that you wanted to that had some of your favorite speakers. Guess what? It's on Right Now Media. You can, you can watch it for free. There's so many different Bible studies. There's book studies, Joni, Ephesians, James. There's topic studies like marriage, building your marriage, and um, financial stewardship, and there's encouragement. If you're struggling with depression, there's things for you there. Parenting. There's a Paul David Tripp right there. That's an excellent book, and this study is based on that book. I mean, just thousands and thousands of options for you. And it's all free to you. It's available on your phone, your tablet, your computer. You can pause and pick up where you left off on another device. You can do this as a group. I just cannot stress enough the value of this resource. It's just incredible. And it's there for you to, to jump into. So those are things that I would just highly, highly recommend for you to take advantage of. What we want to do here at this church is we want to provide you with as many opportunities to be in the Word of God as possible because that's how you come to know God. I said earlier in the message today, the more you know God's word, the more you're going to know him. Because, as we said at the very beginning, he elevates his word to the same degree as his name. And so we need to elevate it as well. We need to treasure it as well. We provide you with so many different options for you to, to jump in together in the word of God. Sunday morning at 9.15, we have what we call faith training. That's our Sunday school time. We've got two adult classes. Dr. Parvin teaches one. Uh, he's been in a study for several weeks, actually I think a few months, um, but it's not too late to jump in with him. You'd welcome people, wouldn't you, Dr. Parvin? More the better, right? And today we just started a brand new study with Colossians with Kevin Traub. I know he would welcome people to come in and take part in that. Colossians is such an amazing book. Uh, Steve Cuthbert just got finished wrapping up a great study on a doctrinal overview and just going through the Bible, uh, kind of taking a, a, a big zoomed out look, but then also zooming in on some very important foundational things in God's Word. So we've got two adult options. We've got kids' classes that are available every single Sunday morning with teachers who know God's word and want your children to know it. Wednesday night, we've got all kinds of things going on on Wednesday nights. We've got fusion ministry across the road where they go through often books of the Bible and they go through it in a deep manner and they discuss it together in small groups and how to apply that to their lives. We've got JAG that's down the hill. JAG is an amazing program for first to sixth grade where they're going to be deeply in the word of God, um, knowing it, memorizing it, 
and seeking to apply it in, in their life right where they are as first through sixth graders. That's every Wednesday night. I teach a class on Wednesday nights. We've got, wow, women of the word, I think it is, or women on Wednesday. Maybe it's both, kind of a double meaning. You get the idea. Um, it's a women's Bible study group. Phenomenal, phenomenal time of growing together in that, in that group. That's downstairs on Wednesday nights. And then, of course, you know, you've got, you've got the teaching of the Word Sunday morning, whether it's me or someone else. You're going to hear the Word of God here. You're going to hear it taught. And it's going to be as sincere as possible, and it's going to be genuine, and it's going to be uh, true to what, what God says, whether it's easy to hear or not. And then we have our small groups that you, you heard plugged this morning. And, man, what a fantastic way to build community and relationships together that you don't normally get to by just coming in and sitting in these chairs on Sunday morning, and together to go deeper in the Word of God, to go through statement by statement and park and say, hey, wait a second, what does this really mean? Let's dig deeper into that. Let's camp on that for a while, that you can go deeper than what you can in this context. So many options, so many things that are available to us day in, day out, week in, week out. All that to say... Church, there is no excuse and no reason at all to not be in the Word of God and to not be people of the Word of God, to not be a church of the Word of God. There's just no excuse and no reason, and there is no better time than right now to jump into that to begin that, if that hasn't been begun before, and, and to start it again, if maybe it's been begun, but you, you let it kind of let it go, and, and you let it become something that lapsed. Well, now's the time to jump back in. Let's start this thing off right, and let's be the people that God intended us to be. Amen? All right, let's pray together. Father, thank you for our time together in your word. Thank you for our time together. I pray that you would take what was, um, what was communicated today that you would amplify it and apply it to every mind and every heart, every life, that we would be a church full of individuals and families that truly treasure your word, that we would be people of your word, that we would be people who know your word and thereby know you. And all of it, Father, should result in exactly what we saw in 2 Timothy 3.17, that we would be people that are equipped and prepared and energized to do the good work you have for us to do. That we would be instruments of righteousness that you've called us to be. That's only going to happen as we are changed and molded and shaped and empowered by your word. May it be so of us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.